It is Monday, June 19th, 2023. This is another edition of Baseball Today. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose, still on the road. Producer Dan along for the ride as well. A few days after he celebrated his 37th birthday, he was also named Father of the Year mm. yet again. <laughs> Trevor Plouffe, I hope you had fun this weekend with your family like I did. Not with your I family, but with my family. Yeah, you had your own family. I, I had a great weekend. A lot of youth baseball. Um, had a few people over Saturday night. You were not here. And then yesterday we uh, had a nice little barbecue. It's summer's kind of here. We're doing that whole thing. And nothing makes me happier than seeing all the kids play while I grill mm -hmm. some meat. That's it. That's all I want to do. Me grill meat. Uh, the reason Mission I did not come Saturday night, uh, Josh came home. So I got to spend the night with him because I was on the road most of Father's Day. So that was nice. You would have loved a lot of, lot of athletes over on Saturday night. You would have been oh, in heaven. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure they missed me. Probably not. Um, tip of the cap to a bunch of people whom we won't even have time to talk about today. Uh, Samad Taylor, Kansas City Royals, got his first major league hit. I believe it was on Saturday, snapped the Royals' 10-game slide. They came back 7-2, to seventh-inning deficit against the Halos. Bobby Witt Jr., good teammate, running all the way out yeah, to the center field funny. wall to go get that first knock. That was awesome. Lance Lynn, tip of the cap to you, tying White Sox record with 16 Ks in a losing effort. Shohei Otani, tip of the cap to you. You're unbelievable. 24 homers to lead the show. And we're not even going to talk about you today because we talk about you about every other day on this show. So we're going to leave it maybe for when the Dodgers and Angels play later this week. But speaking of the Dodgers, they got spanked at home. Giants swept them. Now leapfrog L.A. for second place behind the Diamondbacks in the National League West. Did you leave that series with more questions about L.A. or more answers about the Giants? You could you could answer this question either way. I think I I'd rather talk about the Giants, and I think you have some answers with the Giants. I mean, they're I think they have a seven hundred winning percentage over the last calendar month. Like they've been playing good ball for a long time. A lot of it has to do with their bullpen and how well they've been pitching because they haven't had like a full uh, five starters for quite some mm -hmm. time. So they've had to piece it together. So like shout out Gabe Kapler too because that takes some some effort there along with the pitching coaches to to navigate that. Uh, but also, like, their lineup has just been going. Patrick Bailey has been really good for them. And I just did a rant about how, like, we need more offensive-minded catchers with the biggies. Go go look at all the best offensive-minded catchers. All those teams are going to be in the playoffs. So, like, that's such a nice piece to have when you can get offense from that position. I know that you know about that with the Guardians. Hopefully you guys have a mm -hmm. new guy to turn that around for you. Um, so I think they're just playing really good baseball. Like, up and down the lineup, they have guys that are getting the job done. Uh, late night Lamont's been incredible. Uh, you know, like the the lineup's just been it's it's deep. They brought in up some prospects that have helped uh, in Matos, and they've just like Webb's been really good for them. They like they have the recipe is there for them to be successful, and they've been successful. So I think we have answers about the Giants. You know, the Dodgers are going to be all right. Like they they have some questions. They're dealing with a lot of injuries. They had some weird plays go down in that series, and I know it looks bad that they get swept at their home uh, against the Giants, but th that team's very talented. They, they've gotten good efforts from, like, rookie pitchers they brought up. So I'm, I'm not too worried about them. Like, I guess it's the exact opposite. Giants bullpen, great. Dodgers bullpen, bad. And that's been the tale so of the Giants, last month. I think over the last calendar month, they actually have the best record in baseball. It could be off on that one, but I think that's what I read. Um, they've won seven in a row. 
this is only the sixth time they have swept at least a three-game series in L.A. since both these teams moved to California in 1958. And it's the first time in 11 years. So this is a big deal for Giants fan, and you should be celebrating. I don't know exactly where they finish in this whole landscape. I'm not going to get on my 2021 rant where I'm like, oh, they're off to a cute little start. We'll see where they finish. And then they 107 wins later, they're all laughing in Rose's face. So I'm not going to go there. But I'm trying to figure out if this is a three or two, three or four team race legitimately. Maybe you can help me out. What do you think? In the NL West? Mm -hmm. Oh, I think it's a four team race. I do. The Padres are going to go. Uh, you know, like th- there's too many good players in that roster for them not to go. And they've been playing better right. ball as of late. Uh, the Dodgers are going to be in the mix. The Giants are definitely in the mix. And obviously what the Dimebacks name will do. I think it's a four-team race. Right. And so to be honest with you, I think the team that has to tinker the least with their roster might be the Padres. I really believe that. I think the Dodgers, it, it's not, it's no longer, you could just say, um, the Dodgers, boy, the, boy, their bullpen stinks. They have the worst bullpen. It's fact. They have the worst bullpen in the National League. Go look at the numbers. Horrible. Um, the Giants, they're going to need either some guys to get healthy or they're going to, because Cobb, who's pitched great this year, just went on with an yeah. oblique. And they think that they could get him back by the end of the month. But, man, obliques are tricky with pitchers. We just know that. Um, and the Diamondbacks, I'm telling you, after those first two starters, it's a coin toss at best. So they need help if they're going to hold off these other contenders in the National League West. I think that's what's going to make this really fun. But I did learn more about the Giants in a positive way this weekend. Good for them. They're fun to yes. watch, actually. Because even those World Series winning teams, you could – like that 2012 lineup, go take a look at it. You you can't say the lineup was fun. Their pitching staff was flat out on fire, dominant. But the lineup wasn't great. This lineup's done some great things this year. To go back on your question, it might be a, a one-team race because if the Diamondbacks just keep playing the way they're playing, like they no. might just run away with this thing, dude. I'm sorry. Hey, I saw them beat up on my team, although the Guardians outscored them in the three-game series because of the, the shellacking on Sunday. But they can, re- they can really hit. But they do have some question marks. I'm telling you. Man. Yeah, they do. They need a, they need a last-inning guy. I know Castro's done a decent job for them they need a they need a closer um and they need three four and five they need to identify who those guys are you've been saying that all year long it's like i know but i'm just telling you this this, this, the story's been the same for them all year long they just keep packing they just keep uh stacking victories wins i get it i understand maybe i'm wrong but i don't i don't think so there okay the Reds, this is getting ridiculous now. They have won eight in a row. They just swept the defending World Series champs in Houston. Now, all this comes on the heels of what GM Nick Crawl said last week. He said, if the team keeps keeps winning, there's no reason we can't add a pitcher at the trade deadline. Does Crawl owe it to this squad, and does it make sense to deal for a frontline starter? Yeah, I think the team is forcing his hand, and they have to continue to do it. That's the thing. Like It's been a nice run for them and a lot of it's on the heels of them bringing up their top prospects i think they brought up four of them four of the six like top 100 prospects and they've all like gone off and done incredible things i always say this and i hope it is sustainable but there's going to be some regression for those kids it just that's just baseball dude that's just how it works um they've looked so good though that maybe i'm wrong this time about them but i 
I think they need, I think, yes, they need a starter. And I don't know if you need a frontline starter as much as like just an innings eater, something like that. I know you don't like that term. It'd be great if they got a frontline starter, but like you just need someone to, to give you a chance because the lineup is going to go. Like these guys are, it's a new brand of baseball that's being played uh, around the sport right now where it's like you got like, like speed and athleticism is like reigning supreme right now. In that series, there was just a bunch of crazy plays. Like Matt McClain beats out a ground ball to shortstop. Elliot Cruz beats out a ground ball to first base. Like they are just putting right. pressure on. It's, it's, it's fun to watch. Now we know Hunter Green is there, and and he's, you know, he's got the stuff, and he's kind of, you know, he's up and down depending on the day. But you like him as a starter, obviously. And then Abbott's has hasn't even given a freaking run yet in the big leagues, you know, there's going to be some regression there, but he'll be all right. And Ben Lively's been a four or a five type starter for them. So yeah, they, 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 having a new starter in there, a, a guy that could lengthen their rotation would be nice. And I do think if they keep winning that the Reds front office owes it to the team, to these guys that brought up and they've brought up and have got the job done. I think they're going to force the hand if they keep winning. So to me, even though I posed the question about Nick Crawl, what does he owe him? Let's be honest. It's not Nick Crawl that owes anything. It's ownership. Yes. They went in to this season, I believe, 26th in payroll. It was the Reds' lowest payroll in over a decade of a full season. Um, so that's that's what it comes down to. When Nick Crawl goes into ownership's office and says, hey, listen, I have the possibility of adding this pitcher for this prospect, but it's going to cost you this amount of money. I need you to sign off on it. I really believe in this team. Question is, does ownership say, yeah, you know what? Let's go Let's go to battle with the kids we've got. We believe in them, which is code for, I don't want to fucking pay for that guy. So this is what it comes down to. They've been, win- they've been winning all these games and doing well, but if you look at the game started, so Hunter Green's got 14 games started. He's rocking a 3-9. Great. Graham Ashcraft, Started 13 games for them. His ERA is a 6.78. Luke Weaver next with 11, 6.47. Nick Lodolo, before he got hurt, seven starts, 6.29. Like that's, that ain't going to get it done. Abbott's been good. Lively's been, you know, serviceable. They, real nice for them too. I don't think they have anybody waiting in the wings that I know of. Definitely not like on the top prospect uh, list. So like you're going to have to go trade for somebody. Be nice for them to do that. Yeah, I do. I think that, you know, and you know, you've been on teams that either add guys or don't add guys. And the influx of energy that that can bring yes. to an organization when somebody walks into that clubhouse, they are either going, holy shit, like <laughs> they believe in us that we can do this. Or it's like, Jesus, really? They the, the players will always twist it to the media by saying, hey, listen, we believe in the guys that are here. But when those cameras go off, they all, they're all talking to each other like, fuck. Like, yeah, especially if you feel like you've help. earned that, if you've earned the, you know, to to get help, mm-hmm. and there's a glaring weakness. I agree, I agree. Today's episode of Baseball Today is sponsored by SeatGeek. If you have no idea what SeatGeek is, they are the ticketing app that makes buying tickets super simple. Over 28 million downloads. SeatGeek is actually the number one rated ticketing app. Did you know that there are more than 70,000 events every single day on SeatGeek? So that includes sports, concerts, festivals, oh, so much more. And they always want to make sure that you get the primo seat. Not necessarily the most expensive seat in the house, 
but the best ones. So they color coded it. Green dot, good seat, fair deal. Red dot, hold, stay away. Don't be like base runners and run through the stop sign. We're telling you, do not get that seat. And every ticket is backed by a buyer guarantee. Did you know that SeatGeek's the only site that lets you return your tickets ahead of time for swaps at a later date? And we got the hookup for you. Use the code today for 20 bucks off your first purchase at SeatGeek. That is $20 off your first purchase with the promo code today. My oldest son, Josh, used that when the Guardians were in town last week in San Diego. He was like, thanks for the hookup, Pop. I said, I didn't hook you up. We did at John Boy Media. He used the code word today. Click on the link in the description, download the app on your phone, and off you go. We are off to the National League East, where Tuesday will start a very interesting series as Philly plays host to the, I believe now, five-time defending NL East champion Atlanta Braves. Is it five? I think they've won five in a row. Anyway, Philly has ripped off 13 of 15, but still eight back of Atlanta in the East, which has won six in a row, by the way. Um, are you ready to say that this division race is over? What's that voice? Uh, like a... that's from something I forget. Yeah. Over. I remember. Uh, no, it's I'm not over. ready to call it over. I'm not ready to call it over. I know, I know how good Atlanta is. I know how they perform, been performing. I know the history, like you just mentioned, but there's just too much baseball left. And look, the Marlins are in front of the Phillies. I don't know how they keep winning games. I don't get there. We we just talked about this on Talking <laughs> Baseball. Like you look at the statistics, you're like, I don't know what's going on. Sandy hasn't pitched well. They've had some good pitching efforts from the other guys. Uh, but if you were to tell me that they're going to be 10 games over 500 and Sandy's going to have a five ERA, I wouldn't believe you. Um, I they just they're great in one run games, whatever. They're they're winning baseball games. Happy for them. Uh, and the Phillies eight games back. I mean, think about that. I know it's very hard to sweep a series against you know the Braves, but if you sweep a series against the Braves and you have a good month, like you're right in this thing. So I'm not I'm not ready to call it over. I know that the chances of someone taking Atlanta down in this division aren't great, but I'm not ready to call it over. Philly's been playing playing really good baseball. Uh, they're getting hot at the right time. I'd be I'm curious to see if they do anything at the trade deadline. Like I, a lot of that is going to decide, you know, these races too. Like who is going to get the guys that are available and who's going to be available? This next month of baseball is going to decide teams' fates. You know, are the Cubs going to be sellers and it's is Stroman going to be available? Uh, where's Lucas Giolito going to go? Like, what are the Cardinals going to do? Who are they going to sell to? So I got to see where these guys all go. So, you know, because there's a lot of baseball left and because there's going to be a, a changing of these rosters and guys going to different places, I'm not going to say it's over yet. No, I'm not. I am very close to declaring a winner in this, uh, in this primary. I am so close because over the last two weeks, and Philly's gotten it done in part because of their starting pitching. I think they have an ERA of over just over two in this 15-game stretch. So they win 13 of 15. The Braves have also won 13 of 15. The Marlins have won 12 of 15. Imagine winning 12 of 15 games and losing a game in the standings. So Atlanta has already dealt with some health issues too, right? I mean, they haven't had Max Freed basically the entire season. They'll get him back at some point, maybe in July it sounds like. Um, Schuster's done a nice job giving them a dependable fourth starter. They just mashed the baseball, man. Holy shit. Did, did anybody even pay attention that they blew past Tampa Bay for the home run lead and the OPS lead 
Like they're they're like a half lap in front of them now. They scored 40 runs in four games against the Rockies. 40. No, this team, they're awesome. they're, look, the Braves the are way, incredible. I thought I thought the baseball gods were going to get him yesterday. When I read that story about Charlie Culberson, when he was <laughs> supposed yeah. to catch the first pitch from his dad, and he got DFA'd before the game, and I was like, oh, my God, baseball gods are not going to be kind. And then they were down early against the Rockies. So Michael Harris, the second, he and his dad ended up doing the ceremonial first pitch. Not only did the Braves end up waxing and winning by almost 10, Harris goes five for five. So you know that when you do that, when you DFA a guy on the day that his dad's supposed to throw out the first pitch to his son and you still clobber somebody else and the guy who ends up catching the first pitch from his dad goes five for five, you know somebody's on your side. Or they're just a really good Just baseball. saying. Oh, that too, probably. All right. Worst New York weekend. For the Yankees, who got swept at Fenway Park and continue to struggle without Aaron Judge offensively, or the Mets, who lost a series to the team that came in with the worst record in the National League, St. Louis. People are going to be like, Trev, you're such a Yankees hater, bro. It's all you do is talk mm. about the Yankees. <laughs> it's obviously the Yankees getting swept at Fenway by the Red Sox. They are down bad. Uh, Jake and Jimmy... Just a freaking depressing episode of Talking Yanks last night. Um, look, without Aaron Judge, this team stinks. Like, there's just no way around it. He's that big of a presence on that roster, and they just they can't figure it out. Uh, you talk about a lot of things with this team, the fact that they don't re- have, like, real outfielders. Like, it's a bunch of DHs and infielders playing out there, essentially. Like, it's there's a lot. The roster construction here has just not been good, and I think getting your butt kicked by the Red Sox. Didn't they win one game 50? What was that? What was the, what were the scores yeah, was, here? Yeah, it wasn't pretty. It was bad. It Justin pretty. Turner had a huge series. Oh, five. yeah, 15 to five. Yeah, it's, it was, that's, for a Yankee fan, it's worst case scenario. You have Judge out and then you go into Fenway and they just beat up on you. 30 and 19 with Judge, without Judge, they are... I'm trying to see it. Nine and 14. Nine and 14. So this team goes with Judge, and they don't go without Judge. And just to go beat up, yeah, Jimmy's saying the the City Connect uniforms are bad. He's just – the worst part – I'm just going to go off just a little bit more because I love this. I love – you know, like my twins aren't doing great either, okay? They just got swept. Or they lost three out of four, excuse me. They are in first place still. Um hitting coach coming out and talking and just being like, I don't know what to do and using every old cliche in the book. I thought that was, that's when you know things are bad offensively is when the hitting coach has to get in front of the cameras. Okay. You know what I'd do if I were Aaron judge today and he would never do this. Never restructure his contract. Say I'm worth more. Totally. (laughs) Holy shit. I would say we're doing this. I don't care. I want ownership. You know what? My, my toe, boy, it really, really hurts. I don't think I can come back the rest of the year. <laughs> like, he is. What do you think they are without him? Are they an average baseball team? I mean, no, they're crazy below average without him, according to the record. I, it's just so it, it's always been a, a an oddly constructed roster. He covers up yeah, a lot true. of weaknesses uh, with his play. 
And without them, they'll just get exposed more. Yeah, that's true. That's all true. But with all that being said, I'm going to go with the Mets. Out of their last 16 series played, how many series have the Mets won, Trevor Plouffe? Oh, gee, 16? Well, you're making me think it's low. Five? Um, Three. Yeesh. Three. Yeesh. They have won three of their last 16 series. And here's the reason I'm more concerned about them significantly more than the Yankees. I, at some point, Aaron Judge is going to come back. I think Carlos Rodon is going to pitch for them in the near future, I believe. I think the Mets have kind of got to go to battle with the guys that they've got right now, particularly in their pitching staff. Now, I know that Jose Quintana has started to rehab and and could help them out. But let's remember, when they signed him, it was basically to be a five-and-fly guy, not to be, oh, the missing piece. So maybe he can help out. But, man, look at this pitching staff. Look at how they're losing games this year. They're bottom three across the board in terms of rotation, ERA, uh quality starts, um, innings pitched, where last year they were top five. You know, who are the guys that let him in innings pitched last year? Chris Bassett, he's in Toronto. Taiwan Walker, he's competing against you in Philadelphia. So I'm not saying that it was ridiculous to give Scherzer a three-year deal and to bring in Justin Verlander for two years and almost $90 million, but this is where we are, and it's up to those guys to get significantly better and I'm not sure that that's going to happen. I'm going to go back to the Yankees real quick because I just did a little bit more uh, <laughs> baseball referencing. Right now, like Billy yes. McKinney has 36 plate appearances and he has an OPS in the eights, but nobody else does that's playing. Obviously, Judge does and Harrison Bader. So they're missing mm-hmm. Bader, Judge, Rodon. I get that. Um, but this team is just, they just, they've underperformed. They have. All right, last thing before we get out of here on the YouTube and the podcast side. uh, Not everybody had a great day at Fenway. Certainly the older brother of this kid who was handed the baseball in game one of the doubleheader against the Yankees and then threw it back onto the field. Dad, on his big day on Father's Day, has to comfort the older brother who's crying and basically, I don't know what he's saying to his younger brother, but the look on his face now, they made good. They got him baseballs. That was all good. Well done by the Red Sox organization and Nesson to cover the whole bit. But you've got brothers. Aren't you the youngest brother? I have a younger sister, then I have an older brother. I'm a middle, middle child. Okay, my brother was always child, good so to me. Got I got to be honest. Yeah, my brother was always good to me. Like, I don't, I'm very lucky in that regard. I got to hang out with him and his friends. Like, he was always good. Never, we never really fought. Like, really, we'd never fight. Like a very interesting relationship that's, that we have. He's much bigger than me. That's the like, same thing. Uh, yeah. It's the same thing um, in Rose household. I'm the youngest of, of two brothers. I had a sister as well. But so same deal here. But we never had a situation where I took a ball as the youngest brother and threw it back over. You think your your older brother would have reacted like that or been like, oh, it's okay, little Trevi. At that age, maybe, but he's always had my back. I've seen that dynamic though with my kids. Like if you know, in some most of the time, it's my daughter doing it on purpose to piss Teddy off, and he, you know, he'll start crying. <laughs> and I, have to, I, I, I know that situation that Dad's been in, man. It's like, oh, jeez, yeah. There's nothing better than that's, that, man. That's like there's nothing better than that. that. 
that is Panicsville right there. I hope they like, got that oh, dad a beer. Jesus. Oh, like maybe for life. <laughs> maybe for life. Come back any Father's Day. We'll treat you. So that's good. Uh, latest episode of the Rose Rotation with Lucas Giolito is out. We had a chance to tape that last week at Dodger Stadium. We covered a lot of stuff. Um, we put the clip out about the possibility of him being traded, how he's dealing with that. Uh, a lot of fun stuff. It was just great to be able to hang out with him and have that in-person dynamic, which was really good. So check that out. We also have the latest episode of Baby Ball Players. It's the LA Angels that are partaking. Mike Trout is part of the equation. Um, Walsh is hilarious in it. Jared Walsh is great. Very funny in it. So go go give that a look. I know that the pictures aren't babyish. Sometimes they're hard to get, but the episode's still fun. So give yourself a good eight and a half minutes, and you can laugh and have fun with that. Uh, we are back at it again on Tuesday, I believe, eight. 11.30 a.m. Eastern, 8.30 a.m. Pacific. Don't forget to join us every day on the AMP app. Download that, please. iPhone, Android. Yes. I'll let you know tomorrow what time we're going to go because I'm finding someone to replace you. Oh. Right? Yeah. I appreciate that. You're not going to yeah, be there I've, tomorrow. Uh, um, I have so, a little fatherly duty. I got to take And And do it, please. Uh, the time may be a little different. We'll let, we'll let everyone know. We'll put a graphic out. Okay, we'll put it, yeah, that's it. For our one-of-a-kind producer, Dan Rourke, and the entertaining father of the year, now 37 years old, Trevor Plouffe, I am Chris Rose. We will see you Tuesday on Baseball Today.